When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to Off The Bench. Hello and welcome to Off The Bench. Big show this morning. Paul Hazelby and the great Carl Langdon, the premiership player from the West Coast Eagles. Good luck to everybody out there. Footy is in full swing playing in the country leagues. Go the mighty Rams. You might need a bit of help this year. Not a great start last week. But how are you, Carl? Going well? Going really well. And Hayes, while you are expressing your thoughts to the people in the bush, yes, to all of those involved in the Eastern Districts Football League, which gets underway today, this weekend, their very first round of action and uh, to all those people out there in Bruce Rock, which is where I went and uh, used to practice all my junior footy from Shackleton down the road. Good luck to the mighty magpies out there at Bruce Rock. Now, Carl, before I ask you whether you've been sacked in your life, I nearly got sacked from the Fremantle Dockers, but I retired before I got sacked, and I actually left South Fremantle in that coaching capacity before I was probably going to get sacked. Now, we heard yesterday the big news from the Perth Glory. Kenny Lowe was sacked as the coach. It's interesting to say that he's going to stay there in a development role going forward, but he just didn't put it together this year. Bit of a surprise given he had one year left on his contract. Have you been sacked from anything? No, I haven't, Hayes. I haven't been sacked from anything. I basically, in my working life, I left school, went to the Commonwealth Bank, quit the Commonwealth Bank, went to AMP, worked uh, there in financial planning, went and bought a hotel, uh, built houses, lost money building houses, but so that's, got a, sacked that's from a that long then. story. Well, I probably got sacked because uh, there was no money <laughs> left to spend, Hayes. Ran out of money. Um, but, uh, yeah, so that would be probably the only uh, area. But from footy perspective, no, nah, I quit when I still had three years to go on my contract at West Coast, and I've been here ever since. So <laughs> I've not been sacked yet. Well, it, working in and around this building anyway. So, no, 23 years I've been here for. You've done well, and you've done better than Kenny Lowe. What were your thoughts about Kenny Lowe and the Perth Glory? Not surprised. Uh, we had a chat to Peter Philopoulos here on this uh, program, or not on this actual program off the bench, but certainly on Sports Day during the week, which has gone out uh, to uh, the beautiful state of Western Australia. And uh, you, the body language expert, said, Kenny Lowe's gone. On the back of that conversation, he he said, oh, Kenny Lowe's still here talking about some of the player exit meetings. Well, it wasn't long before players started exiting. Yesterday we had the announcement that three players had cut ties with the Perth Glory, and he's going to stay involved as the technical director of their development academy. So he still is going to be involved developing young players, which he has been able to do. I think one thing that you've been pretty positive with is the uh, young players that have been introduced mm. into the team, some West Australian players, some of which have got contracts overseas since. So in business transactions that have taken place, but you've been pretty uh, complimentary in that area, and that's where Kenny's going to go and work. Yeah, Teliano and Brim have been very good players this year, and they do have that academy coming forward. Now, I went to the footy on Thursday night, Carl, watched Subiaco, your old mob. Mm -hmm. Can you remember a time 
in your time in footy mm-hmm. where a team's gone through the year undefeated? Because this team is just that much better at the moment than everybody else. I know there'll be challenges, but they're impressive. Do you remember a team that's been through undefeated? No, and we almost did it at West Coast in 1991. And you lost the grand final that year. Yeah, I didn't play, Hayes. Oh, okay, two weeks before, so uh, that bloke Paul Deere, I would have played on. He would have played on me. He wouldn't have won that. He wouldn't have won that bloody Norm Smith medal, Hayes. Anyway, uh, that is something I don't think it's ever been done. Not that I know of. And certainly not in not in my time in the game. So I, I'm only dating back now to the 80s when mm. I was a young bloke left school. But I don't recall that happening in the WAFL, the VFL, the SANFL or the AFL uh, as it has now evolved into during that time. And the other big news, Carl, from a regional perspective as well, the Margaret River Pro called off because of the two shark attacks. Do you agree with what happened? Well, look, I've spoken to a couple of the organisers who I have known for a long, long time who established this particular event down there in Margaret River and they are scathing at the two Brazilians who got on their social media and text to the world that they wouldn't or uh, felt unsafe in that environment. Now, it's their job to go into the water. There are other surf breaks in cold water destinations like we have and like South Africa has where you are going to be in a zone where sharks are. Now, they have had down there the utmost protection. There was drones in the water. There was the jet skis and more more jet skis provided. They also had a helicopter. And we actually spoke to a bloke uh, who was actually in and around flying that helicopter. So they had all of that protection in place. Yet because of a couple of Brazilian blokes, they were the leading uh, contenders in that. And there, there were some calls for them to be dumped from the World Surf League Tour. If they didn't want to go in events, because there was really important points up for grabs, those points have now gone down the gurgler. So those that actually had got through to the quarterfinals have now missed out on the points because the whole event has been cancelled. And there's a lot of unhappy surfers. There was quite a lot of them that were prepared to continue to go on in the event, but there was a couple of others that weren't, and because of a couple of others, it's been canned. And once they said they had fears for their safety, it's very hard for the organisers to make a decision from that. But this has ramifications across all sports. Like, every sport has some element of danger in it. If you're a motorcyclist or if you're a car driver, you can die from it. If you're a surfer, you can get eaten from a shark. It's part and parcel on why you get paid the big bucks. But we can't talk about that all morning. We've got to get to a break, and we'll be back with a sports wrap for Tourism WA. You're listening to Off The Bench. Welcome back to Off The Bench. Paul Hazelby and Carl Langan in the hot seat this morning. Now we get into the sports wrap for Tourism WA. Make sure you book your Optus Stadium AFL package now. Great opportunity for everybody out there in the country to come down and experience how good the Optus Stadium is. Now right now, Carl, we have the Indian Premier League going on. And there was an interesting story that came out of this throughout the week for me where the CEO, the boss of the IPL, his his name is Lalit Modi, actually came out and said in the future, whether it be five or six years down, down the track, he sees a time when players will be paid $1 million per match. Now, if that's the case, he has serious concerns over Test cricket, and so do I. Because if you're getting $6 million, $8 million for this tournament, and this is just one tournament that's played throughout the year, it's going to make it very hard for people to continue to choose Test cricket. Uh, well, I don't see what he sees when it comes to being paid $1 million a match. Uh, that is just uh, out of this world, to be honest. Look, I know there's inflation and uh, the price of things generally double every seven years. So I suppose if you look, uh, what are they getting at the moment? About 15 grand a test? 
No, so, no, this is talking about for IPL games. So oh, one, one, one IPL, million, one yeah. IPL game. Mm, so right now, you one some, IPL game, one IPL game, one IPL so game. They'll get a million dollars. Would earn six to eight million in the future, which is not far away because we already have some players like Stokes and Warner and Smith getting two point three, two point four million. Mm. He sees the broadcasting rights and the success and the size of India with their population. That's mm. going to come a time where they're going to get a million per every match. player. Not every player, the top players, but you can obviously draw a line towards the medium price players. Yeah. Makes it very hard for Test cricket going forward, and that was his comment. Oh, look, yeah, you're probably right, but essentially, uh, going back to where I started on this, we now pay around $15,000, I believe, for, for a Test match, for a player to play a Test match outside of then their base contract. Uh, obviously, when it comes to, I think, the Australian captain who's getting around $800,000, so almost a mm. million dollars as the captain of your country, you've then got to, say, benchmark how you perceive the the individual games and formats of the game. Now, for me, I have test cricket at the, test cricket at the top of the tree. Um, now, whilst it doesn't get the same sort of support as what we've seen in India with the IPL and what we've seen with the T20 cricket here in Australia, it is still test cricket, and it's called test cricket because it's a mental test between bowler and batsman. Mm. Man, it's not the slapdash that we're seeing We love cricket. Here. We love test cricket, don't we? But, but it can't all be about money. But it is. Well, the, the is, whole Is there world, any sport that's not about money? Uh, no, because it's all all involved in business. But at the same time, there's no reason why it can't exist or coexist alongside. Whilst they go and make the good money uh, playing in IPLs and short-form cricket, which is fine to stock up the bank balance, you can still then play the most testing form of the game, and that's test cricket. And I think there still will be a place for it for a long time yet, particularly between the stronger cricketing nations, maybe a few of those uh, weaker countries. I mean, we've already seen the fallout in the West Indies with mm. and and the only the only reason that's happened is because the West Indies cricket system, their West Indies cricket board, had basically lost control. It wasn't real, well managed. Now we do have a well managed cricket system here in Australia. Um, some would argue that that's not <laughs> right being managed we so well, so so good. But yeah, you know, with the ECB, with the BCCI, with cricket over there in South Africa, they've come a long way. Cricket in New Zealand's well managed. Uh, Pakistan uh, are being headed by Mickey Arthur, so obviously being played at the moment independently of Pakistan because of the issues in that country. There's still a place for Test cricket, I feel, even though there's big money in the short form game. Uh, around the world. Watch this space. I've got a few concerns in there, but we've got to take a break. We'll be back, but make sure you book your Optus Stadium AFL package at tarza.com.au forward slash AFL in Perth. We'll be back next with the world famous Dig. You're listening to Off the Bench. On Off the Bench, the Dig. For information on safe excavation practices, visit Dial Before You Dig at 1100.com.au. Yes, welcome back to Off the Bench on this Saturday morning. Hope you're having a good time listening to us. It's now time for the dig. Dial before you dig the essential first step. Carl Lang's going to kick us off with a dig. He's pretty fired up about this one. Well, I am, mate, and um, it worries me because the story is still bubbling around. It's the story about uh, a sexual harassment case at your old club by a senior club official. That's what the story is around. And um, 
there has been stories written in the Herald Sun alleging that there was a sum of money paid to a former disgruntled employee. Now, there were meetings this week uh, with the players and current staff at the Fremantle Dockers just told to get on with their work, don't worry about it, it's a non-issue, it's been dealt with. Uh, the AFL Integrity Department have investigated it. Now, this happened back in 2013, so it didn't just happen yesterday. This is something that has been kept quiet for that period of time. But I believe that the person involved is suffering from anxiety and has ever since that particular scenario took place. And um, it's not good enough. It is not good enough, Hayes. And uh, from from my understanding, the AFL Integrity Department haven't even spoken to the person involved. They obviously had spoken to the club around the situation, which was only unearthed in December of last year. And... From my perspective, if there was $1, and I don't know what this alleged amount of money is, but if there was $1 paid to this victim as hush money, it is not good enough. It is not good enough for the AFL Integrity Department to not come out and make a larger statement around this issue. It is not good enough for the Fremantle Football Club to just think that they can continue to operate in the current environment. And given that a number of the key people who were involved in this situation back at 2013 are still involved in senior positions at that football club, it is not good enough and it is not going to go away unless we can get to the bottom of this story. And don't worry, I'm not a hound but the hounds are onto it, Hayes. The hounds are onto it. So that's my dig for your Saturday morning. That is a very good dig, Carl. I tend to agree with a lot of your comments there. The story has been bubbling around for a while. It came to surface last week with the Herald Sun, but it does put scrutiny on everybody, doesn't it? Because they don't name anyone. So right now you could suggest that it could be any one of a number of people. And you know what? And that's why they've gone to the senior staff and all the staff and basically had a chat to them about the situation. And and whilst having a chat to those staff, and I've actually been able to have a chat to a couple of those staff members, the individual under which the investigation took place wasn't revealed, hmm. was not revealed to those staff. So they're all walking around, we're going, oh, okay then. I mean, they might know who the rumour and speculation is about, as we probably all do, but it is not good enough to not tell your own staff the situation, how it is, what's unfolded, so they can get on with their business. But right now, they're looking in the mirror each morning and going, hang on, this could be about me. And some staff would be upset with this they going on too because then it paints them and their values that might be different from their football club. So they say, might say going forward, I don't want to work in that environment where this stuff is going on. But the other news out of Fremantle this week, Michelle Cowan, the coach of the Fremantle W team, she resigned. She had a two-year contract contract offer put in front of her, but she decided to move on. She's a lady that I've worked with a lot. She was assistant coach to me while I was at South Fremantle, but she did two years, didn't quite have the success, but she's chosen to go in a different direction. So yeah, that's well, Michelle well, well, she didn't have the success, but I don't reckon she got as much help as what she required either. So yeah. maybe we can point the finger at the same group of people who were still down there. Head, the, the fish goes rotten at the head first, mate, and if you've got not got a cohesive environment down there, then people, good people will walk. Yep. All right, you put your coach's hat on. I'm going to ask you two questions. I'm going to get you to name two players. You're the captain, you're the coach of this football team. Just before we get into that, just finishing off the dig segment, don't dig yourself into a hole, lodge a free dial before you dig inquiry. Now, Carl, you're the coach. You get one choice, the number one ruckman in the game. Who do you go with? How do you mean? Well, you get a, you're picking a team, yeah. you're the coach. Yeah. Who do you take? You're only allowed one ruckman. Uh, I would take Brody Grundy right now. 
Anyone second, third, fourth? Uh, Max Gorn, third, Stefan Martin, fourth, Sam Jacobs. Right, and you get one choice at full forward. One choice at full forward. Uh, I would take Jeremy Cameron. Jeremy Cameron mm. as the best forward. Yeah, full I'm, forward. You said full, full forward. Full forward, yep. I did so say full Lance forward. So Lance Fagren plays centre-half forward. Kennedy generally plays a little bit more. He's uh, a full forward. You're calling him a full Kennedy's forward? Kennedy's a full forward. I'm Jeremy take Cameron. Kennedy. Jeremy Cameron. And I'm going to take Grundy as well. I agree with you on that. So that's Carl with his coaching hat on. We'll be back to have a chat about all the games coming up this weekend. You're listening to Off the Bench. Welcome back to Off the Bench, Paul Hazelby and Carl Langdon. Last segment on this Saturday morning, and we're going to take a look at all the games going on, some important games in Round 5, kicked off with a beauty last night. And today at 11.45, it's the St Kilda Saints taking on the Giants. Do you give the Saints any chance, Carl, in this one? Uh, Not if they play like they have the last three weeks, Hayes, where they've been busted open by 10 goals in just about every game. So, no, I think that GWS at the moment are flying. Uh, They've got a really good spread of contributors at the moment. Stephen Cornelio after being injured for the back half of last season has been in really great form. A light Nick Haynes down back. He's been awesome. Delidio and Griffin, two older experienced players mm, who haven't done good. much. Haven't done much since they've been there but Delidio I reckon had his best game and Ryan Griffin contributed up forward so he sort of went into that ease back in Delidio role that he came into for GWS last season and then blokes like Finlayson and Hopper, the young blokes, Taranto and Matty DeBoer. Matty DeBoer is playing the best footy, averaging nearly 22 disposals. He's kicked four goals. He had 10 score assists last week. He's been absolutely awesome. Part of their leadership group. So good on Matty DeBoer. He's going very well. But you mentioned Delidio. What about his story? He left the Richmond Football Club after being there for 11 or 12 years. Mm. It's devastating. The year he goes, they win a premiership. You don't think he was the problem, do you? Uh, It's a little bit like Nathan Buckley. Mm. Nathan Buckley left uh, Brisbane to head back to Collingwood for glory, greater glory, and it didn't come his way. And what did Brisbane go on to do after he left? They went on to win not only one premiership, they won three and played in four grand finals in a row. And he didn't get one to no, uh, finish off his right. career. He got a Norm Smith, though. He did, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's not the same. Carlton, they take on the West Coast Eagles. A lot of injuries for Carlton. Weedering out, that's a big one. And also Cruiser, going to be hard to win without him. The West Coast Eagles, they don't play well at this ground, but if they are going to be serious this year, they have to win this and win it well. Mate, if they can't beat Carlton with all their problems at the moment, with no Mark Murphy, no Weetrig, no Cruiser, as you said, Matthew Kennedy, who's a good young player from GWS, out injured after concussion a couple of weeks ago, mate, they are going nowhere. So West Coast need to win this game to keep the Wolves from the door. Otherwise, flat track bullies. Remember that, eh? Flat track bullies. Going to come back. Port Adelaide, they take on Geelong. Now, winning masks a lot of things in footy. Tom Rockcliffe has been horrendous. Groin. To start off he's with. He's had a groin injury. He had a groin injury, but he's been horrendous, regardless yeah. of that. Well, he, and the winning has hidden it, hasn't it? A lot of No, players, well, not, not really. He's been getting eight touches. Yeah, I know, but he's had a groin injury. He's tried to guts through it. It hasn't worked, and he probably shouldn't have. He should not have been playing in that team, and now they've decided to bite the bullet make the change. And look, they've got some talented young players who have come into that group. I was looking at Port Adelaide in the SANFL, right? They absolutely smashed Adelaide, 128 to 33. The Port mm. Adelaide Magpies, 128 to 33. So they are going really well there. Last week, uh, Glenelg, the week before against the, uh, sorry, last week it was against the Eagles. It was uh, 28 all in horrendous conditions, but they're three from three at the moment, uh, Port Pass. They've got plenty of good players running around the seconds. Who are you tipping? Port against Geelong? I'm going, uh, I'm going for Geelong. I'm going okay. for Geelong. I think that uh, they're playing a really good brand. And young blokes again, blokes like Par- uh, Parfit and Kuniko and those sorts of guys are actually Tim Kelly. They're the blokes that are having impact at the moment. Big game for the Fremantle Dockers. They 
take on the Western Bulldogs tonight at Optus Stadium. Looking forward to this one. Another debutant. That's five for the Fremantle Dockers. Taylor Dooman. I love him. He's about 193 centimetres. He's a half-back flanker. Can play a little bit tall. He's quite skilled. Big challenge. Could be some wintry conditions. There's no doubt about that. But the Western Bulldogs get Tom Boyd back in the lineup. They've been improved. They just fell short against Sydney. Well, I think the Dockers have to get it done at home, Carl. Well, I don't. And the reason why I say this, and I know the Bulldogs' form's been up and down, but I know Fremantle to have turned over half their list in the last two years. And I go back to what I said, like you, at the start of this season. Who did you have finishing higher on the ladder, the Western Bulldogs or Fremantle? Western Bulldogs. Me too. Me too. Well, I I did. So, essentially, the Western Bulldogs need to win this game. They're much further advanced than what Fremantle are by way of list development. They've been to a grand final only a couple of years ago. So, Western Bulldogs need to come out west and show they can get the job done. All right. North Melbourne taking on Hawthorne on Sunday. This is an intriguing game because the Hawks have been up, but North are playing as good a footy as any team going around at the moment. They have been, and they did it last year with a younger list and got close a few times. Uh, And the big question is, can they beat uh, the Hawks at Eddie Head Stadium? I would suggest they can. Can, but I'm going to tick the Hawks. All right, we'll get through some of these other games. Brisbane and the Gold Coast Suns. I'm going for Gold Coast. I can't believe that in betting markets, the Brisbane are favourites for this Gold Coast. I'm going for Melbourne and Richmond. I'm going to go for the Tigers here. I think they're in good enough form to keep it going. Melbourne will respond after a very disappointing day Richmond last Richmond on week. Anzac even. I'm going to go for Collingwood. Good on Collingwood forever. Because Just because you reckon they're no good. I'm going for the Bombers just because I think Collingwood are no good and they'll get ahead of themselves. They always do, led by Eddie Maguire. That was our show. Thanks for joining us on Saturday morning. Morning for Off the Bench. We'll do it all again next week. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.